It's Tracy, and I am back with another episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I have super producer Alex with me. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me aboard, and I'm, of course, glad to be here, even though it is the dead of winter now. It is. It went from summer to winter, like, immediately. We are like here in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the sun doesn't come up till 1030 in the morning and it's down by noon 30. I know. It's like we might as well be in Alaska. It feels like. Yeah, but, I'd like um, to just hibernate at this point. But that is OK, because we are chatting here and uh, this is one of our uh, chat episodes of Truth, Lies and Cover Ups, where we report on all the news that's fit to report on. And that's um, not why we're here. And you know it. The truth is, folks, we have these chat episodes periodically because if we don't give Tracy a chance to just run her mouth amok with random words flying out in every single direction, then she might just explode. That's so true. we just do this. It's really, it's a safety thing. Is what this is. <laughs> it is. It's for my own personal safety. Uh, Certainly not for the rest of our safety. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have a little, a little thanks to give out because uh, someone that that was their screen name, someone bought us a coffee they donated a little bit to the show no no kidding that's yeah. great and, and we are super thankful and there's a link in the show notes if anyone feels compelled to donate to the show in the form of about of you know the amount of a cup of coffee uh please do that because we do they have a do few bills not to pay. need to be compelled we do have a few bills it's not overwhelming by any stretch but if nothing else it's great to see just the feedback that somebody gave us a couple of bucks for what we're doing and you know we do this because we enjoy it but the uh uh, it's an added bonus when we get a little bit of appreciation from somebody else. So if you'd like to buy us a coffee, take a look in the show notes there. Tracy's got a link there. And uh, you, just a few bucks goes a long way. And thanks in advance from both of us. Yeah, thanks. And thanks to someone who is leading the charge this month. So Yeah, and that's his name, someone. Someone. I think it might be a her. I don't I just kind of guessed. I don't know. Could go either way. Yeah. It could go either way. Yeah. So, um, Alex, but you know, I have been out and about. Uh, because you know, we do the podcast when I'm off stage so I can talk, but when I'm on stage, I have plenty of, <laughs> plenty of people to talk to. So it, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've done this and I've been super busy. Uh, I was in Maui. I had a gig in Maui. Uh -huh. gig, yeah. And, um, that was awesome. Except my husband blew out his back and couldn't come with me. So it was a lonely Maui trip. Lonely Maui trip. That is true. Um, and then I went to Lawrence, Kansas. That was awesome. And then I was down in Dallas. And then I went to Atlanta. And there was an incident in Atlanta. What was the incident in Atlanta? Well, I I stayed at the at the Westin. Uh huh. And and as you said, that's the big round one downtown, right? Yeah, it's a big round hotel, is what it is. And so I got in super late. When, and... when we say round hotel, we mean high rise round hotel. It's about forty five stories. Oh. No, I was on the 65th floor. Okay, yeah, so it's 65 stories. At yeah, least, I know it's just a big boy. Yeah, it is huge, and it is round. So so the hallways are round. The rooms are actually pie-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. You were hungry the entire time you were there, weren't you? <laughs> I was thinking about pie. I am in this damn pie-shaped room, and there is no pie to be found anywhere. I know, but here's what happened. So I got in really late. I was super tired. I had missed the client's um networking event i was supposed to go to my plane got in late and i was like okay i have to get up early i didn't speak till one o'clock right i have to get up early i had to make it to this client breakfast try to mingle with some of these people mm -hmm. so i wander out of my room and i go to the elevator and i punch the button and this ratty elevator shows up pie shaped I, I, uh no it was square the elevator was square the hallways are round though right what you mean is that they travel in a round direction and they're uh -huh. not actually physically round like a tunnel. 
they seem tunnel like <laughs> when you when you've gotten in very late and drug nice yourself save. out of bed. Yeah. So I punch the button. Here comes the elevator. The door opens. And in like I said, it's it's ratty. It's not a nice elevator. Mm. And I get in and I see this sign and it says this elevator. Remember, I'm on the 65th floor. The elevator only stops on the fourth floor. And this is like a homemade printed out sign duct taped in the elevator. And it says, in case of entrapment, call this number. And I was like, you know, I'm half asleep, but I don't think I should be on this elevator. Do they have a phone in the elevator? No, you're supposed to call on your cell phone. So, so you I have to bring your own elevator. phone in case of entrapment. Okay. Yeah, so I off get off the elevator here. and the elevator goes wherever it goes. And I punch the button again because there's two elevator shafts there. Yeah. The one next to it opens. It's another ratty elevator. Uh-huh. And remember, I'm half asleep. I have were there not blankets hanging on the wall? Do what? Were, were there blankets hanging on the no, wall of the they, elevator? No, they were silver. They were silver. Okay. And and so I'm like, well, you know what? At this point, I don't have any choices. So I get on the thing. I'm like, I guess I'm getting off on floor four. Mm-hmm. And so I get I get off on floor four. And remember, I'm barely coherent. I'm disoriented because the hotel is a circle. Yep. <laughs> and I and I'm in the bowels of the hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm in the bowels of the and there's I think I've stumbled upon the valet stand because they're kind of behind some glass. And I said, Where am I? And they said, <laughs> You're on the fourth floor. You've been on the service elevator. <laughs> <laughs> You two are yelling at each other through the glass, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay. And so they told me at the desk the night before that I was, my event was on the sixth floor. So I go to the sixth floor and there's all these windy, twisty staircases in this hotel because the hotel is round. Yeah. And I see the sign for the meeting where they're having breakfast and it looks a little different than my client's logo, but I'm like, I don't know, maybe they changed it. And so So let me stop you there for a second. What? Because I'm a little stuck on one point. What? The elevator only goes to the fourth floor. Yeah. You needed to be on the sixth floor. Uh-huh. How did you get to the sixth floor? I took all these windy, twisty staircases. Okay. So you had to take an elevator to one floor that was two floors away from your final destination. Mm-hmm. And then you had to complete your final destination on the stairway, which was probably not the nice stairway either. Uh, no, this, this was not a red nice. flag to you in some way? Do what? Like you sure you this wasn't a red flag that maybe you were being interred in some offshore or yeah offshore I, Alex, facility. I had I was tired. I barely drug myself out of bed. I had not had breakfast. The, okay. There was no nothing makes sense to me at that time of the morning at all. I hear you. I know what that's it does like. Not. Okay. So let's go on with the story. You're up on the sixth floor. You stumble into this room. I stumble into the meeting where they're having breakfast, and like mm-hmm. I said, the. Logo looked a little bit different than my client's logo, but I was like, whatever, maybe they change it. So I wander in, I sit down, I'm, I'm making friends, I'm eating breakfast, it's it's pretty good. And and I'm like, yeah, I'm speaking later today and having a regular conversation now. And I'm feeling better as we go because I've had some breakfast. And then someone sits down at our table and they go, how long have you been with Dominion? <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't work for dominion (laughs) (laughs) i went to the wrong client breakfast and they didn't even know did they they didn't know know (laughs) so you were you were a wedding crasher for morning or for a convention breakfast yeah yeah, totally and then um and then i was like 
Did you get you know, a date? We ended, I ended up sending them all my book, How to Detect Lies, Fraud, and Identity Theft. And mm-hmm. and we have, and we're great friends. And anyway, I might speak for them next year. <laughs> now, did the other people notice that you weren't there and have an issue with it? No, they didn't notice exactly. But I, I went over there. It turns out it was on the eighth floor, which I had to take some twisty, turny staircases to get to. And right, I get there. Because the elevator right, doesn't go there. Right? No, the elevator doesn't go there. And and I and I told them the whole story and they, they were just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, how is it that you ended up on an elevator? What What's with the elevator? It only goes to the fourth floor. There was another elevator around the way that was the main elevator. Further around the circle? Yeah. And so the elevator you were on mm-hmm. was the service elevator. Yeah, that in case explains of entrapment. a few so things. So apparently, like if you had to put a homemade <laughs> sign in the elevator that says "In case of entrapment, call it." There's a lot of freaking people trapped in that elevator, <laughs> like more than one. <laughs> I could see somebody calling that number and saying, "I'm trapped on the fourth floor, and this elevator will not take me anywhere else." I don't know. I don't know. But I, I was I was like, whatever, I'll go to the fourth floor. I don't, I don't care. The service elevator got her there. Well, that's it a nice did. find. It did. Yeah. So anyway, just just a word to the wise. Be careful if you're ever at the um, hotel, Westin. the Westin in downtown mm-hmm. Atlanta. <laughs> Be mm-hmm. careful. If you do find yourself there, go to the very, very top floor. They've got a restaurant on the top floor and it rotates around the top of the building. Oh, so be- all the yeah, all the uh, all the seats are basically window seats mm. uh, on the outside edges of this round building. And so, and then of course the entire outside of the building is glass uh, and it rotates around slowly around the uh, building. So you get a 360 to view, uh, 360 degree view of Atlanta. And for a long time, um, I guess sixties and seventies, maybe that was the tallest building in town. Yeah. It was super tall. I was looking down on bell towers and stuff. Like it was really tall. And I'm not positive. It it may still be the tallest, but it's been so long since I lived there. I wouldn't know anymore. Oh, I know they I built know. some other stuff. Well, th- well, then we get home, right? Mm-hmm. We get home and um, and they pull up the plane in Denver and right, right to the gate in that accordion thing that pulls out the jet bridge. Right. The thing you're supposed broken. to, the accordion you're supposed to walk in. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's broken. And well, I so, mean, what do you expect? It's an accordion. I don't know. Well, we're right at the gate and they're like. Well, and we can see the thing right there because I was sitting in first and and it, it won't it won't like come to the plane. And and they were just like, well, we could jump. I'm like, great, I'll jump. It only looks like about four feet. I can totally make it. <laughs> and they didn't like that idea. And, <laughs> and then I said, OK, so here's the deal. How about we use the slides? Everyone talks about the slides, but no one ever sees the slides. I'm not sure the slides exist. Well, that was frowned upon as we sit at the gate for 45 minutes trying to get the accordion thing to work. So um, anyway, at, at I what don't know. point did they start discussing bringing the marshals in for you? Uh, well, uh, if we had to use the slides, I think I would have had a chauffeured ride somewhere <laughs> when I got to the bottom. <laughs> but I think that might have been worth it. <laughs> it, might, it might have been. It I mean, if you story. could selfie video that sucker while you're going down the slide and then your arrest, yeah, that would absolutely be worth it. Well, I don't know if the slides are like, are they like slipping slides or what's the... They can be. I got a jar of soap and some water. We can make that happen. We're going to well, launch people across the tarmac. And why do they call it tarmac? It's pavement. It's pavement. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so much there that, I don't know, just seemed a little shady with, with the airlines. So. Mm. 
<laughs> their equipment doesn't plane. work and they don't want to use the slides. You know why? Because they took the slides out because they were just getting too expensive. They probably did. That's the thing. That's what they're covering up because that's mm -hmm. what we do here is reveal cover-ups. Uh, but um, you know what speaking... they replaced them with? What? One of those, uh, one of those um, um, rope ladders that the clowns have to climb in, uh, in the circus. Rope ladders? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, you just throw the real. They needed to cut some weight off the plane. So they, just, well, totally. they got cut rid of those expensive. big, expensive slides and just yeah. put a rope ladder in there. Yeah. It's only about 30 feet long. So it gets well, you to just about the ground. Yeah. Well, we a little might, jump at the I'm bottom. just saying, you know, I'm just a super sleuth trying to uncover fraud. I might have mm -hmm. found some. That's all I'm saying. But you had an incident. I'm still stuck on one thing back on your story what? in Atlanta. We got to mm -hmm. back up for just a oh, second. You ended Atlanta. up in a breakfast. And how long have you been working for Dominion? Was this Dominion Voting Services? No, it was Dominion um, uh, Low Income Housing Management okay. Company. Mm -hmm. Very different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we can move on from that. But you, you threw that out. And, you know, we just went through the midterms. And so all that stuff is still fresh in my mind. But, oh. Well, we I might do a separate Alex takes the gloves off. Alex, amateur political pundit. <laughs> That's not worth anybody's time. Trust oh. me. <laughs> but you had an incident. Speaking of, uh, you know, fraud and theft incidents. Uh, which incident are we referring to? Well, I got a call and you said, Tracy, I'm standing here in a parking lot and someone has stolen my bike. Come pick me up. Yeah, that was an incident. Yeah. Uh, so. I had, and, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode. I can't remember. I don't remember. think we did. We have not talked about it. No, 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 not this particular thing, but the fact that I was very excited. Uh, and uh, my birthday present that year had been a four-pack of the Apple AirTags. That's right. We did talk about that. Yeah, and I was very excited to use these little trackers, GPS trackers that talk to your phone, uh, that I could put one of them on each one of my bikes in case one of my bikes got stolen. You can track its location just using the Find My Phone app yeah. um, and, and zero back in on it. So I was very excited to have those, and I put them, you know, I attached all four of them to uh, all four bicycles and uh, and put them into concealed places on those bicycles. And these are nice bikes. They're not Huffies. Yeah, they're uh, well. Two of them are Schwins, but let's not even get into that. Nice. They're actually when respectable Schwinn was Schwinn's. Still nice. Schwinn yeah, these, used to be very nice. Yeah, these particular bikes were ridden in the 2000 Sydney Olympics, which is a lot of people don't know that Schwinn made those bikes. But uh, that's back when Schwinn made good bikes, nonetheless. Uh, so I got these trackers on there, and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm bulletproof. And then my bike gets stolen while I'm at the gym because they clipped <laughs> off. Like the, it was a clean cut on mm -hmm. that cable that you had and it was a thin cable because it was a i mean it was not a place where i needed high security you i'm right outside it. the gym doors where you know it's an entire glass front so somebody did that right in front of god and everybody and it was pretty ballsy uh but nonetheless so i come outside of the gym my bike likes bike lock is laying on the ground there is no bike and i'm like where is my phone you because were i've got a tracker mm -hmm. oh yeah i was a little ticked um I pull up the phone, I pull up the app, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to see where this person's gone. I'm going to get over there and find it right now. I'm just going to start running until I find this bike and zero in on it. Well, it went about half a block away, and then it turned off. That's the end of the GPS track on that uh, for that bike. That's ridiculous. And uh, so I'm thinking, okay, I just scored. He's at that intersection right over there. Mm -hmm. So I leave my bag at the front desk. I go sprinting out there. I'm going to go tackle somebody and get my bike back. Yeah. Uh, I get there. There's no bike in sight. There's also, uh, th there's no uh, uh, air tracker. The, the chip wasn't there either, as if somebody had removed it and left it in that location. Oh, right. Because you hit it on there pretty good. 
Yeah, but it had it had basically stopped transmitting at that point. There was no further information. Long story short, uh, I found out later that evening because it never came back online. I found out later that evening that what they do, what what those Apple AirTags do, is that they also send a text to the person who now has got the bike. Uh, if they happen to have an iPhone, it will send them a text saying you are being tracked. Oh, really? Well, that's really. not effective. Completely defeats the purpose of putting a stealth tracker on your bike when the tracker tells the person who stole your bike that they are now being tracked, which is basically a heads up for anybody who gets that. And, okay, there's something on this bike that I need to find and get rid of, or I just need to get rid of this bike before they, you know, they catch up to me. Oh, my gosh. That is I did not know that. And I'm thinking, so, you know, um, I'm going to jump a little further ahead when, when I was able to, I mean, I was livid and pissed off when I mm -hmm. found out about that. That's like, what is the purpose of putting a tracker on your bike if the tracker is going to tell the other person, you know, the thief, what yeah. it's doing? Um, so, but then I stopped and thought about it. And yeah, I mean, think about the angry ex-husband ex who sticks one of these on his ex-wife so he can track her or the oh, jealous boyfriend or yeah. something like that. So that's what it's for. And that makes sense. And I can understand why they would have that kind of precaution built into it. But I wish that they had let me know and a lot of the other biker people I know that use these for exactly this purpose. Mm -hmm. If we had known that it's also going to alert the thief, then you know, we would never would have purchased them. So that's information that would be worth having, Apple. If you want to let us know that, maybe put that in the marketing, um, just a little disclaimer. By the way, you know, you're, we're going to tell whoever you put this on that they're being tracked. Uh, so, so anyway, thumbs down on the tracker from Apple. Yeah, absolutely. But thumbs up to a buddy of mine who has friends in very low places. I don't ask how or why. Um, I just gave him a buzz and let him know, hey, my bike just got jacked. Uh, if you come across it or you know anybody, he's like, I'll make a few calls. Uh, the next morning, I got a picture from him in my text message uh, of my bicycle on his front porch. He's like, I got it at 830 this morning. Uh, well, I'm just glad you didn't because I know you went and kind of looked around in some sketchy areas of town. I'm really glad nothing happened. Yeah, I wandered through some uh, some camps. I did not find it, but my buddy did. And in fact, I was in the neighborhood of where he was able to recover it. But uh, uh -huh. um, yeah, I got lucky on that. My buddy recovered it and I got it back and got my bike. Wow. Okay. Product review. You heard it here. You yeah. heard it here. Apple AirTags, not what they are cut out to be. Nope. Nope. Don't get them. Um, okay. So uh, we have had a lot of fraud in the sports and gaming world lately that we need to go over. Are we talking about cornhole? That is one. But we have some more highbrow, Alex, very highbrow cheating. Does that mean like your eyebrows are just higher on your head? Or we're talking about cheating stories that make you lift your eye? That's just one eyebrow. Stop cheating that. that supposedly smarter people than play cornhole would do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, okay. So because my neighbors, we're going to get to cornhole in a little bit and my neighbor's involvement with cornhole. <laughs> but, okay. So chess cheating. Well, you know, cornhole is big, big sports these days. Okay. So we'll talk COVID. about cornhole now. Okay. Let's talk yeah, about let's, cornhole. Yeah. Let's go to cornhole. Okay. Looks fun. So my neighbors sit out and smoke their pot and, and like adult supposedly successful neighbors uh and that's what they do and they play cornhole did you forget you live in boulder colorado i do live in boulder colorado this is what goes on on our street i don't know why i'm surprised um anyway so professional cornhole has been rocked by a controversy uh -huh. 
The top ranked team was accused of using illegal beanbags in the 2022 world championship in August. Now, cornhole is something, like I said, either my neighbors play or I believe I watched it on ESPN 8 during the shutdown. (laughs) Which was my point, that it somehow became very big sports during COVID. Well, this is bag gate. It's now, it's an infamous Incident. Wait, okay. bag gate? Bag That's the gate. bean That's bag, the illegal bean bags? It's illegal now bag bean gate. bags. Devin Harbaugh complained that rival opponents, Mark Richard and Philip Lopez, were using bags that were too thin. Alex, they were too thin. Mm-hmm. And again, this was being broadcast on ESPN Live. And so what they do with these cornhole bags, apparently, which this is kind of crazy, everybody has to supply their own bags. Why don't you just have like standard bags? I don't know. But they were too thin. uh, And he was right. And uh, they do all kinds of things with these bags. Like they boil them and they do all these things. So um, anyway. So making a smaller bag would make it fall through the hole easier. It's like having a smaller basketball that you're shooting at the hoop, right? Well, it's not. It's thinner is what it is. It's not it's not the size, like the four by four size of the so bag. So it's not a fat pillow. It's a thin pillow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It has something to do with the way they slide, but they do all kinds of things. They, they run over these uh, bags with their cars and stuff to get, I mean, they have all these things they do to get the thing to slide more. Cause you know, when you play cornhole, there's nothing worse than throwing the bag down there and you're just about there. And the thing just stops sliding. I haven't had that experience. So, but I can think of a few things in my life that were distinctly worse than the beanbag didn't slide far enough. When you get to cornhole in the neighborhood, I get sucked in a little <laughs> sometimes. And and that's a very unfortunate feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out of this hole in the board. I've been sucked in. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So we had cornhole. Okay. But there was other, um, so wait, they brought this issue up like mm-hmm. when it was being broadcast live on ESPN. No, I think this was after. Oh, okay. So it was afterwards. Like, all right, I, we need to double check this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I don't know if they've been disqualified or not. All I'm saying is no sport is without scandal these days. Because there's another scandal. Fishing. That's a scandal? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because Are they putting this, lead okay, shot so inside the fish again? No, it wasn't buckshot. I saw this. Okay, so walleye fishermen pled not guilty to a cheating scandal. And this is Jacob Runyon and Chase Comiskey uh, are accused of packing weights into into a fish at an Ohio uh, tournament. And they actually won $27,000. And now they are facing felony charges. They just got indicted. And then, hang on, I watched the video. This weight was stupid to put into a fish. It was so big. There's no way that fish could weigh that. Much. <laughs> it, it was. It was probably four inches long and about. And it was round, not unlike the Atlanta Hotel. It was. It was round, <laughs> probably an inch around. It's like that thing had to weigh three pounds at least. Yeah, that's a big chunk of metal. I assume metal. Yeah, metal. Well, yeah. it, it, was, it was lead. So I don't know how they, I saw them pull it out of the fish. Like, they're, <laughs> I'm like, what are you all doing? So yeah, they're going to jail. So why did the same thing not happen to Lance Armstrong when he confessed to cheating in his bike races? What, oh, with that? Um, why did he not go to jail, but these people did? Well, I don't know. They tried. They tried to do a lot of stuff to him with 
because presumably the, the, the fishermen are going to jail for fraud. Right. They perpetrated a fraud. It led to financial gain. So that's mm -hmm. illegal gains in a, in a roundabout way. So that would make sense, and that would be a criminal issue. Why would the same not apply to bike racing with Lance? Well, I don't know the ins and outs of what went on with that. The, the, the main thing there was financial remuneration. So I don't know why he didn't go to jail. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's technically illegal in the States. In Europe, it's a different case. So I, I don't know all the legal minutiae. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that, just, uh, that, that came to mind as you were uh, yeah. saying that. Yeah. I, I wonder if the, um, if the cornhole guys are going to go to jail. Well, and then I don't know. We're going to have to keep up, our eye on that. Once you end up on the cell block, like, how do you get any respect when you go, what are you in for? Cornhole. one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like, you might as well put a big neon sign above your, your uh, bunk. I, well, it's, maybe. It's I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But a felony, you always go to jail for a felony, I think, don't you? Uh, it depends on the felony, I, I imagine. Anyway. Okay, so there's other cheating. Um, second tier, uh, and this is in chess, second tier player Hans Neiman beat Mangus Carlson um, in a game and also on chess.com. And anyway. So wait a minute. What? Magnus Carlson. Yeah. Who was defeated yeah. by Hans Neiman, uh -huh. which is not to be confused with Neiman Marcus. Nope. Um, which I think went out of business, didn't they? Anyway. Uh, I don't know. And apparently cheated in over a hundred online chess matches. How do you cheat for an online chess match? Well, I looked into that. Here's what you do is you have, so if you're online, you're on your computer, but then you can get your phone out and they have these um, chess engines that will okay. tell you how to do it. Because there's also been a thing in, and this is still chess cheating, but different people. There's a thing called bathroom gate in chess. Which is? Uh, go into the bathroom for an excessive amount of time and an excessive number of times, uh huh, and then winning the match. So, like, the, uh, I would think a good giveaway on that is when your opponent is going to the bathroom prior to every single move yeah. they make yeah. in the second half of the game. That might uh -huh. be a giveaway. Yeah, and apparently, Chess.com is a real. It's it's a legit thing, and you're not even supposed to cheat on Chess.com. Huh. So it sounds like that there's some sort of program out there that you can plug in your current situation on the chessboard yep. and explore the next, you know, the, Three the moves. 20 Three moves, whatever, mm -hmm. looking 20 moves down the board and give mm -hmm. you the best possible option. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember, do you remember that Netflix show that you were watching and it what was at the Gambit, Queen's Gambit? Queen's Gambit, yeah. Yeah. And that was a, that was a great series. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like But it. there was the one scene in there where she's in the middle of the tournament I think she's up against the final guy, uh -huh. so the you know the main boss she's trying mm -hmm. to defeat, and um, and she gets into a bad spot, and then she I think she just jumps up and runs to the bathroom. Oh no, this was earlier in like the regional okay things, and she jumps up in the middle of a match and runs to the bathroom, and then she comes back and suddenly she's a far better player because she took her drugs. Oh and, right, yeah, she did, and her brain starts working, uh -huh. and so it kind of reminds me of that. And I remember thinking during the show. Didn't somebody notice that she was a completely different player when she returned than when she left? That would wreck the show. This is okay. real. This is like millions of dollars. <laughs> who, who knew chess was like? Does chess pay that well? Well, I think if you do, if you do well at the very top, it's kind of like anything. Like cornhole might pay that well. I mean, at I the could very see top. that maybe know. in poker, but chess, I don't imagine has the same following. 
Well, I don't imagine it does either. However, this is how they're doing it. They do bathroom uh, chest engines, or sometimes they have tiny headphones or even buzzers in their shoe. A shoe buzzer. Yeah. Hmm. And they have rings that have buzzers on them, too, which sounds a lot like Houston Astros to me. <laughs> what were they with the astros they were like banging on trash cans in the hallway they were or something banging on they? trash cans and they had buzzers too because that one guy wouldn't take his shirt off oh really oh I didn't yeah know the specifics of that oh one. yeah now i'm not saying that that was this world series but it has it was the last couple is hmm. is uh when all that came to light so i don't know maybe the chess people called over the astros well i i was uh i was creating my own segue there to go into poker because I heard a story about that, Tracy, that yeah. kind of dovetails into the sports fraud thing that uh -huh. we're doing here. This is back in late September. There were a couple of players, got him Robbie Jade Lou and Garrett Adelstein, mm -hmm. and they faced down this pot with nothing in their hands, just trash. Uh, so it turns out that, uh, that Adelstein was bluffing, of course, mm -hmm. and Lou called him on it, and it led to an all-out face-off, and it caused Adelstein to lose all of his chips. So it was definitely a bad beat. The nature of the hand left people wondering why Lou went so hard on a hand she had no chance of winning until the river, which is the last card in mm -hmm. in this game. Uh, and she, I mean, it was it was a it was a hail mary, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Adelstein, he also stoked the flames by saying that he felt his opponent cheated. It was a huge, huge because of thing a bluff. Poker. Yeah. Huh. It was a huge thing. And they say she had a buzzer ring as as is what they're contending. Cause I don't know anything about poker. I only play a poker player on TV, which we do have a video where <laughs> I play poker and I hired a poker consultant uh -huh. <laughs> to, to uh make sure the cards were uh legit. Did you get a buzzer in your shoe? I did not, but I'm thinking I should have had one. Um I think so. So I saw the video and I saw her interview and um, there was there so, was some suspiciousness in it. But I don't I, I think she legitimate. it's it's I'm about 50 50 on if she legitimately won or not. OK. And what makes you think that she did win and what makes you think she didn't? Well, her tells she had some consistencies in her in her tells. Uh or with not her tells, I, I guess I should say congruency in her interview when she was done okay. about what really happened. Now, the thing is that she gave the money back and that is, that's a whole other tell right there. Yeah. I would think if somebody legitimately won and they truly believed that mm -hmm. no way they're giving the money. Back. Exactly. Exactly. So while I watch these videos, I'm not in control of the interview. I can just see what I see and I don't get to ask the questions I'd probably like to ask. Uh, boy, I'm 50-50 on what really happened there. But the the cards that she was playing were junk. And he, he had actually a lot more in his hand than, than she did. Oh, which... they didn't both have junk. I thought they both had junk. Well, he had a little more. than I, I thought he had a little more than what she did. But again, hers hers were for sure awful. Hmm. Okay. Like she had, she had like a heart and a two. <laughs> like it was, there's, the, there's, the first card, it was so low. It didn't even have a number. It was a yeah, zero. It, it was a it was zero like of a hearts. Negative. Yeah. But, but even to listen to the commentators 
talk uh-huh. about this when she when she calls. Mm-hmm. They were like, what on earth is she doing? Right. And so it's not to see that it's not out of the question that she had some help. OK, so I love that story, but I want to jump forward before we have a conversation about El Capitan. Mm-hmm. So the captain in Yosemite, we need to talk about that sucker. Yeah. But uh, I, I know there was there was some allusion to and I'm not positive this story. So I need to hear this story. Russian astronaut fraud. Yes, there was Russian astronaut fraud. And mm-hmm. here's what happened is somebody got online on a dating site and said they were a Russian astronaut and they got cozy with a 65 year old American woman. Mm-hmm. And they said that they were the astronaut said they were stuck in space and they needed $30,000 as a landing fee and she paid it. So let me get this straight. The 65-year-old American woman believes that she is emailing? Yes, emailing. emailing. Like on a dating site, right? Chatting. Right. She believes she has met and is engaged in a conversation with someone who is currently on a space station. With a cosmonaut, <clears throat> yes. Who is actually in space at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did she not ask for a picture? Well, I don't know. And I'll tell you, those astronauts are pretty busy. They don't have a lot of time for dating. I've met I, some astronauts. <laughs> I, I'm having a little bit of issue. Just think, I mean, why on earth would somebody be up in space browsing Match.com? Well, I don't know. And then she, uh, yeah, she got suckered into paying a $30,000 landing fee so he could come home. <laughs> that's so sad to hear. That, that That's just the It's a little funny, the, but it's just so how, sad like, to, to hear. To believe that? Oh, my gosh. Yikes. I don't know. How much does it cost? It costs a lot more than $30,000 to land a spaceship. I'll I tell you that. Probably closer to $30 million. Yeah, It probably is. Yeah, because that's, you know. Well, you know what they do over at Tesla? They, well, not they, Tesla, but SpaceX. Yeah, they, they use them again. Well, they do that, but the way that they orchestrate the landing, uh-huh. they've got, well, I mean, at this point, they figured out how to like make the, the Falcon Heavy, which is their big one. Yeah. Um, that one will re-land itself, which that by itself, holy cats. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, yeah, you that's know. That's just an amazing thing. But you remember the boat? The boat. They had a boat that was about the size of, not like a freighter, um, but I don't know, like a mid-sized boat. Uh-huh. And it had a big... It had four poles set up in roughly the size of a tennis court. Uh-huh. So like the corners of a tennis court. Uh-huh. Uh, and had those set up on the back of the ship, like the second, like the back half of the uh-huh. ship. Uh, and between the poles was a big rope net. They caught the thing as it was coming down. They Are did this sure? for quite a while. Well, I'm I, absolutely I, positive. I it's saw got a name. Park the thing. Like they look like they parked it on a little. Uh, yeah. So they've gotten to rock. the point where they can do that. And I don't yes. know if that's a different rocket or different technology. I don't know. But, but you for know, a we... while, what they were doing, they were literally they were tracking the thing as it fell down and they would go out there in this boat and they would catch it. Well, that's pretty cool because, you know, uh, we have a rocket scientist here very close to the show. Yes. Yeah. And um you keep them in a basement, I think. We do. We do when we need intel. But uh, yeah, it's that stuff is pretty amazing, like what's going on here. So, um, but uh, you know what's slightly less amazing mm-hmm. is uh, this guy in Arkansas. This guy in Arkansas, Austin Claggett. He was out in uh, Little Rock in a Moralton Country Club, and he played the club's uh, tournament of the century and three person scramble, buy in $375. And it was promoted that if someone got a hole in one, he would get the F-150 that they parked right by the hole. 
Okay. A Ford F-150 Super Crew. And uh, he... That's Damn about it, a, that's about an eighty ninety thousand dollars truck, isn't it? Yeah, he. Well, the, I think it was like sixty. Anyway, oh, well, he, the super duties are the. He hit a hole in one, and you know what they said? What? Sorry, <laughs> you don't get it. Why not? He sued him because the they're like, ah, uh, well, uh, we didn't really promise that. <laughs> that's what they oh, said. Oh, really? Yeah, totally. So he's taking him to court out there in Little Rock. I'm pretty sure he's going to win that sucker. I hope so. Well, here's the thing. I used to know someone, and that was their job, is to sell insurance for golf tournaments. You know how much it costs like to win the truck insurance? It costs a dollar per player. They could have Yeah, I was going to say, that. it's pretty cheap. We used yeah. to do that back in college. You do the whole, you know, $50,000 hole-in-one contest, and yeah, it was dirt cheap. Yeah. But anyway, they forgot. <laughs> oh, they didn't do the insurance? Uh-uh. Well... But as I understand it, the uh, the vehicle was donated by a Ford dealership anyway. Well, uh, see, all of a sudden, it, even me and you have different stories. But I tell you what, Austin is figuring it out, and he—I bet you—he ends up with a truck. Well, I hope so. I think yeah. he deserves it. I mean, you hit a hole in one, you should win something. Yeah, totally. Can you believe yeah. it? Oh, I'd be furious. Yeah, I'd be ticked too. Oh, I mean, at that point, you're again bordering on fraud, where they're collecting money in exchange basically selling you a chance to yeah. win this truck and then they don't deliver the truck that that would qualify as fraud in my book totally well which is why they're on the show so um <laughs> which is why they're here <laughs> yeah. now speak there's another fraud in the sports world oh give it to I'm me i'm gonna let you take this one alex which one are we talking about are we talking about el cap we're talking about El Cap because you're the a climber. climbing story. Well, tell me, tell me what you know so far about the the El Cap climber story. Okay, so here's what I know: El Capitan. It's in Yosemite. It's the biggest deal for climbing in the United States. I think doesn't it take like four days to climb up, and you have to live in a little ledge tent thing that you drag up there with you and everything. A lot of different ways to to skin that cat, basically. Um, so the old school method, and this would have been pioneered back in the 50s and 60s, Royal Robin days, if you will. Um, where they would hammer basically nails into uh, yeah. weaknesses in the rock, cracks, stuff like mm -hmm. that. So and you would call them pins. Um, so they'd hammer pins into the rock, and then they'd clip their equipment to that, and they'd climb the equipment. And, of okay. course, they're roped in, and they are clipping the rope to that equipment as they go up. So if they take a fall up above that, they don't fall any lower than the last pin that they put in. Well, but here's the thing. If you fall, you're still screwed because you smack into that rock. Uh, I can't imagine. Really. I mean, you, you certainly can, but usually, no, you don't. Because um, you fall sort of like in a, in a cat shape, you know, like that. And um, and it's a gradual fall. It's not a jolting fall. And you, you may swing back into the rock. And it does happen, but it's unusual oh, for somebody to get into it that bad. way. Nonetheless, um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, that was originally how the wall was climbed. And that would take about a week for somebody to get up El Cap, which is, I can't remember. I think it's close to 5,000 feet. Total or thirty five hundred, but I don't it's been know. A long time it's a big it, deal. It's a long way. It doesn't up for even sure. sound fun. And this, so and and El Cap has three different contours to it. So it starts out at about eighty degrees. So it's not super super steep, maybe eighty five degrees, and then it goes dead vertical. So that'd be ninety degrees. Okay. And then the last third goes overhanging, maybe a hundred degrees. So or maybe not quite that, but it is gently overhanging on that last third and. You're looking down at nothing but air underneath your feet. So that well, is that guy Alex Hall, you know, he he climbed that whole thing without ropes. Yeah, so that would be known as free soloing, which is uh, so there's soloing, which is you're using all the gear, but you're doing it by yourself with no okay. partner. Okay. And then there's free soloing, which means that you're doing it all by yourself with no gear. You're just going on hands and feet. 
Uh, but well, backing up just a second, mm. so back to how it was originally done, where they would climb the gear to the top, and that would take you know a solid week, maybe ten days in, a, in an egregious case. But that's known as aid climbing, and that's what okay. most of those big walls are. They're aid climbing, so you're climbing the gear to reach the top. Mm -hmm. Now, about twenty years ago, it started to become a big thing to free climb the aid climbs, the classic aid climbs. So in order to, so a free climb just means you're not climbing the gear, you're just climbing on your hands and feet in contact with the rock and you use the gear to protect yourself from a fall. Okay. Uh, so that is, that's a more modern way to do something. Aid climbing is pretty uncommon these days. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course you've got the free solo people like Alex Honnold and um, that almost always ends one way and one way only, even though they may have illustrious careers for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, and let's hope that doesn't happen, but statistically it will. And Ugh, that's disappointing. But anyway, so in this case, um, so El Cap has got some, uh, the, it's got a lot of routes that go from bottom to top. Sure. And, uh, and, and what happens, those routes see a lot of traffic. People fix ropes on those routes. So uh -huh. the gear is already in place. And they clip ropes and leave those ropes hanging from the gear uh -huh. and they stay there throughout the season oh really yes okay see i don't know much about climbing so okay so those are known as fixed lines i don't know and i wouldn't be too happy to, uh, to be on a rope someone else set i wouldn't trust that at all yeah there, well, i mean you know the rope you could pick up a car with a rope so you know hanging your weight on it is not a big load but mm -hmm. that's a different issue okay. uh, so what what you could do if you wanted to get from the bottom of this rock to the top uh -huh. you don't necessarily have to climb the rock at all you could just clip what's called ascenders mechanical ascenders to the rope uh -huh. which allow the rope to go you know you can go up the rope but it you know it would stop in the event of a fall uh -huh. so you ascend the rope instead of the rock Oh. And there are enough fixed lines out there that you really don't have to go and set your own lines. You could pretty much just take ropes all the way to the top. So an eight-year-old out of Colorado Springs, um, and I forget his name, uh, but him and his father, they trained for a long time to go out and do this and, uh, and to get on the big wall. And so they go out there, and that's how they went up it, is they ascended fixed lines primarily. Uh-huh. I don't know if they did the entire thing that way, but mostly they did. So what the eight-year-old did, he was the second on the rope. So there's the leader and the follower, uh, okay. or, and the follower is the second. Uh -huh. And so what he did is he just went up ropes. He just went up the ropes with the mechanical ascenders, which don't get me wrong, that's a lot of work. Uh -huh. It's kind of like climbing one of those you know, clown rope ladders uh -huh. uh, all the way to the top of uh, El Cap, which, I mean, that's a workout for anybody. So that's an achievement by itself, but let's not confuse what he did with actual rock climbing. So he, he just went, climbed a rope. Exactly. He went from the, from the bottom to the top, but so he, he ascended the wall, but mm -hmm. he was climbing on ropes, not on the actual rock. So, uh, basically what happened was that his father, when they were done with this, uh, was, you know, he made some claims on Instagram or social media, you know, that his son was the youngest person to climb it. Um, and a bunch of people took issue with his definition of climb uh -huh. because his son did not actually climb it. He just ascended the ropes, uh -huh. which is perfectly valid. Lots of people do that. Lots of adults do that. Uh -huh. Just, and that's almost always what the second does. They just jug right up the rope using ascenders and uh and they don't bother with actually climbing the gear the way that the uh, so the did. ascenders is is that a thing where it kind of it kind of lets go like it's kind of attached to your foot isn't it uh so 
for me to describe that verbally would be really challenging. Oh. Basically, you have, if you go back to the old school way of doing this, you wouldn't have a mechanical device that I can't possibly describe uh, verbally, but you would just have um, two what's called prussics, which are just thin climbing ropes, you know, that oh. might be maybe that are like six millimeters thick. Uh -huh. um, you'd have two of those and you would tie a certain knot around, you would tie that prussic around the climbing rope that goes up from where you are uh -huh. and you do it in a way where it wraps around three or four times in a certain way and so you can grab the knot with your hand uh, which kind of looks like a little bit of a hangman's noose around okay. another rope and you can slide it up but then when you pull the loose part of it uh, which is in theory a loop coming down from that and you put your foot on it and step on it it pulls the knot in such a way that it binds on the rope that it's wrapped around right okay so that is the idea with an ascender is that you can move it in one direction and then lock it down. So that's what they would do. They would have two of those prussics and there would be loops at the bottom of those prussics and they put their feet in those and their hands are basically on the knots. So they use their hand and one foot at the same time they would lift them, uh -huh. slide the knot up, lift their foot up. And then uh, once it locks in place, they stand on that foot and then slide the other knot up behind it and lift that foot. It's called the Texas two-step. So, uh, so, so they, they, this, so this kid didn't put his hands on the rocks at all. Nope. So, do you think it's climbing or not? I think it's ascending. Okay. So, so, but, so, yeah. I mean, I have to agree with the controversy on this that he did not climb El Cap. He climbed uh -huh. the ropes. Uh -huh. um, so, but let's not take anything away from him. First of all, he's eight years old, and well, second, it's pretty what, big deal. Yeah. Yeah, they spent what six, seven days on the wall, something like that, something five, six like that. days. Yeah, a, a long time on the wall. So to camp out on a wall, I mean, that's first of all, that's a lot of gear you have to haul up there. Yeah, like easily a hundred pounds plus of uh -huh. gear uh -huh. for this for a two-person climbing game, and so you have to haul that all the way up. The, I mean, that is miserable, miserable work right there. Uh, not to mention camping on the side of a wall and you're pooping in a bag and you're peeing, you know, off the, well, you don't want to pee off the edge of your ledge because the wind will just blow right back on your face. So you pee in bottles and stuff. I mean, it's, Ugh. it's difficult. You, you eat cliff bars and beef jerky for a week and yeah, people finish up there. It's not uncommon. They've lost 15 pounds by the time they hit the top of the wall. Really? You're always dehydrated. You're starving. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then it's an, it's like something like an eight mile hike all the way back. Yeah, down. Eight miles down. Yeah. I would rather hike up. I don't have a problem hiking up the whole rock climbing thing. I've never understood. I'm like, if there's an easier way up, why aren't we doing that? Uh, it's, it's sort of the challenge. It's kind of like learning a different language in a way that, um, so climbing is is um, physiology versus gravity in the vertical plane. Yeah. So it's it's movement in the vertical plane. So if you think about what a ballet dancer would do in the horizontal plane, uh -huh. uh, all those movement, you know, climbers do that in the vertical plane, and it's that technique and that balance and effort that moves you up the rock. And so once you kind of learn how to do that, it stays with you forever. It's like learning a foreign language. No, and, I know you like to do yeah. it. So anyway, um, so that's why people would do it is that it is it's an incredible exercise of a uh, of a great skill that's very technical. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Not so me. did he climb it? Um, technically, no. Did he do the work to climb a big wall? Absolutely, yes, he did. Is it a miracle that he was able to complete such at that age? Absolutely, it is. Let's not confuse that with, you know, he actually rock climbed this wall. He didn't, but he did get to the top of it. And that is one hell of an accomplishment for anybody to have done. Oh, wow. Well, you heard it here. Well, I tell you what, Alex, I think um, we have covered fraud in the sports world completely today. 
Yeah, plenty, of, and and I got to mansplain climbing. It was you fun. did, you did, and and <laughs> so I think I think that brings us to where we ought to wrap this wrap this deal up. Let's do. I've got other things to do, and I'm through with you. But this was great fun. Thanks for having me. All right, bye, Alex. Mm, hey, Tracy. I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? I am. I got a. I've got a cup of a uh, uh, green tea here. It's just not really hitting the mark. You know what I could really use? Mm. I could use a double espresso with a little bit of stevia. What about you? I, uh, I'm a mocha, mocha girl. Mocha. So you're into the, well, <laughs> of course, because there's chocolate, right? Yeah, I like yeah. Um, coffee flavored sugar milk with chocolate. <laughs> That's basically what it is. I it like is. my chocolate cow. That's yeah, but, <laughs> I got but it. <laughs> you know how people can help us with our needs now. No, and, later. And they can help the podcast grow and they can buy us a cup of coffee now. Oh, that would be amazing. How do we do that? Well, there is a link in the show notes that uh, basically allows you to donate to the show to help because, uh, you know, it's it's not free to do these. And, uh, and, and I'm helps. expensive. You are expensive. You're the I only am. one making money here. If we're honest. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm wearing my expensive shirt, too. I see. Your shirt has a belly button hole. It's a breathing <clears throat> anyway. hole. We went over this. It's a blowhole. Right, right. So, But people can keep the craziness going and just buy us a cup of coffee. So just go to the link and you can do it. It's, it's $5 or, or uh, more because, you know, we're thirsty and we got a podcast. And we got bills to pay. We'd love to stay on the air and keep entertaining you guys, because frankly, we do this for uh, for our own purposes, simply because it's a lot of fun. And we hope that you guys get value out of it as well. If you want to show your support or just your appreciation, a cup of coffee would go a long way. Just click the link down in the show notes. And thanks so much from us. 